0: Hey, Lilia. Hey, hello.
1: Welcome to um, meantime, I guess. Thanks for making time to chat. How's how's it going?
0: Oh, I'm 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 doing well. It's a it's very cold, but
1: um, yeah, it got really um, cold. I'm not in, I'm ready for the spring weather to come back myself.
0: Yeah, me too. I um I went home uh, last week and I just like left my winter coat there. And I was like, oh I'm, I'm not gonna need it because it's uh it's the spring, right? Yeah. And um, I I live in the DC area and yesterday it was like thirty something and I was like,
1: Oh goodness, that was a mistake. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's cold here too. I'm like two hours south of you, I guess. So we're not okay, going yeah. too far off. But um, yeah, it's it got so freezing cold. I'm ready for the warm weather to come back. But uh, but I'm excited to to chat and um kind of hear more about um more about what what's going on with you i uh i i reached out to you about meantime so i recorded an episode of this podcast like a year ago um one episode and then i abandoned it when some personal stuff started happening that kind of derailed derailed the project and now getting back to it um, one of the reasons i reached out to you uh was uh, you know seeing on your Twitter feed about like your um, relationship to Christianity um, Which is interesting to me, especially as someone who's you know on the Radical left side of politics right, yeah. and someone who's trans um, and then also like uh, Seeing especially seeing you tweet occasionally like if, if anybody wants me to pray for them this week uh, You can you know like this tweet or DM me and, and I'll pray for you So I'm, I'm interested to kind of hear more about um, more about all of that.
0: Yeah, I guess I I kind of have like very unlikely Christianity um, because, well, you know, the state of Christianity in the United States is is obviously you know very fraught and, and very hostile, yeah. um, especially towards uh, queer people and, and trans people. And um, I had a, I had a very awful time growing up within the church and. Right. Um, uh a lot of my family is like pretty far right and um the sorts of things that i would hear growing up are kind of the standard right wing evangelical things right. about you know being gay is a sin and um gender roles and things like that and so it, it very much took a toll on me and yeah. um was was awful for for my mental health growing up because i was um I, I grew up in uh suburban texas and so Um, it was very conservative, um, I was, uh, closeted, I don't think there were, there was maybe one person in, uh, my high school who was out as bi, Mm. but aside from that, you know, like, I didn't, I didn't know anyone, uh, who is, who is openly queer in any way, and so, um, you know, it was a very isolating experience, and, um, I, I was probably like 15 or 16, and I... Um, left the left the faith um as a result of just, you know I, I, I couldn't hold it in. Right. Um, yeah. and uh, it was um it got to the point where I, I kind of uh, had like a rebellious phase, I guess <laughs> and it's very cringy looking back because I was, I was into I don't know like Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris right right right. new um, new atheist stuff uh, the yeah the new atheist stuff and um, you know I would watch their debates and they would you know dunk on these like right wing uh, figures and um, and it was like so cathartic to me because (laughs) it was like okay this is what you know they've been keeping from me this is what they've been hiding from me this this whole time. Um, and this was uh, uh, probably, I graduated high school in 2015, so this is like the second term Obama when Republicans were, you know, getting more and more extreme and more and more out there. So it was like, yes, someone's dunking on these people. Um, uh, not realizing, of course, that the, the new atheists are super right wing. They just uh, right. are, are doing so in a non-Christian way. But um, so I had like a kind of atheist phase for probably, I don't know, like five or six years um, for, for for a while. Um, and it's, it's pretty cringy looking back on it. But I guess throughout that phase, I um, kind of became more and more skeptical of like new atheists and more and more tolerant of people who were religious. I had a lot of friends who yeah. were Um, you know, various practitioners of various religions. And um, then I guess around the time of, uh, around the start of the pandemic, there was kind of a convergence of a a lot of uh, factors that brought me back to uh, Christianity. And so I um, was uh, starting HRT and um, getting more into Uh, peace, I guess, with um, Mm -hmm. uh, my own identity and, like, overcoming, you know, all the bullshit that I'd been raised with. And then um, at the the same time, it was, like, the start of the pandemic, and that was uh, a very difficult um, time. And um, I had just gotten out of an abusive relationship that was um, over a year and kind of uh, totally, like, fucked up my life in a lot of ways and so um it was it, it I was kind of at the point where I couldn't hold on to the very like hyper rationalistic uh worldview that I had had before and um kind of like the the ground caved out beneath me and um it was it was a very a very rough period of my life during those months but I was uh um, reading my little like Greek New Testament on the floor of my room and um, praying on my little uh, prayer rope and things like that. And that was um, what, I guess, got me through that uh, time because I kind of decided um, that abuse had taken such a toll on me um, and uh, I was assaulted as well. And it um, mm. took so much from me that I really... It was really important to me that I not become a harder person as a result of it. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, Christianity was like so big for me because it helped me um, stay soft and stay loving in the face of everything that I guess had happened to me in the year before.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's that is amazing. And um, I guess I'm I'm interested in like what. Um, what drew you specifically back to Christianity through all of that, as opposed to like, you know, exploring something else? Was it just, uh, the familiarity of it or was there something else that like drew you back specifically to Christian, uh, Christian stuff?
0: Yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting because, um, there was a, a huge value to me in kind of reclaiming a lot of it, um. Once I once I realized that, you know, the evangelicals who'd like caused me so much harm growing up don't have like a hold on, on what mm. these mean and I can, you know, redefine doctrine and things for my own purpose, that came to be really meaningful. And I was kind of like agnostic for a while and I was kind of like uh, vaguely just like religious or spiritual without being committed towards um, Christianity and mm particular but i was i was really drawn towards um being able to finally like reconcile that part of my past and find value in it um and then also as as i was kind of getting more and more curious about uh christian practice and especially looking beyond just like the protestant evangelical um context of like american christianity but to um other christianities as well was was really drew me in and um then through my own uh kind of contemplative prayer practices I um kind of had some uh, mystical experiences that really like solidified for me um that this is the path that I'm supposed to be on and um Christianity is the the context where I meet God and experience God and experience this renewal so mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, after that, I really like solidly um, committed myself to it.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I'm interested in, like you said, you have a contemplative um, like prayer practice. Um, do you and maybe you want to say more about the mystical experiences or maybe you don't want to say more about the mystic- <laughs> mystical experiences. But um, like, I guess I, you know, I am my practice as far as like spirituality and stuff goes um these days is mostly meditative um most mostly centered on um practicing meditation um which you know sometimes when people practice it can also be associated with more mystical experiences and things like that um Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm interested in like I, or I guess first of all um you you mentioned like kind of getting away from like protestantism evangel evangelicalism and stuff like that so I guess first of all like what um what branch of uh christianity have you have you sort of like settled into or or near
0: yeah I'm uh so I'm an Anglican in the episcopal church and um uh I guess within that context I'm in the Anglo-Catholic kind of circles, um, which is basically like um, Anglicanism and emphasizing the Catholic history of it. So it's like Protestant, um, but basically as Catholic (laughs) as you can get while still being Protestant. um, Go. So, I mean, I mean, I like. I fucking hate like the church. I hate the Catholic Church, and um, I hate the Church of England. I mean, they're all you know awful institutions. Right. But um, within within the broader history, there's so uh, so much that's like valuable, and so much that can be. Um, I don't know. Maybe not reclaimed, but uh, uh, put in a different context to be right. really meaningful. Um, I guess one of the one of the cornerstones. I guess probably the cornerstone of my um spiritual practice is the i pray the daily office which is um a kind of liturgical prayer mm. in anglican history and so there's um morning prayer and evening prayer which are the main ones and then there's um noonday prayer and compline which is right before bed and those are kind of the smaller ones mm. um and so it's uh it's it's a set prayer um where uh, it changes a little from day to day, but it kind of follows the same structure. It opens with um, a confession of sins, and then it goes into reading psalms or singing psalms, and then reading or singing passages from scripture, and then um, going into uh, an opportunity for giving thanks and for interceding on behalf of other people. And um, that's kind of the cornerstone of my practice because mm-hmm. it's very um, it's very set and it's it's almost rigid, I guess you could you could say, but it's very flexible within that rigidity. Mm-hmm. Um, because the the bits of scripture that we read, everyone um, everyone who's a, an Episcopalian, I guess who's doing morning prayer or doing evening prayer, we're all reading the same bits of scripture. Mm-hmm. So we follow the same calendar. Um, and, uh, it, I, I get a little superstitious about it because, um, it always feels like whatever, uh, the scripture is for that day, um, it's, it's preset in our prayer book. Um, so it's not like, you know, someone is going and picking it, but it always feels like the scripture that I read in morning prayer or evening prayer has a way of speaking to whatever it is that I'm going through at Mm. that time. Um... And uh, there's like a lot of power in that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I yeah, you've got sort of like an element of ritual with doing the daily prayer, and then also that sense of community, I guess, by knowing that like you know there's people all over the world who are um, reading the same prayer and and thinking about the same um, the same ideas at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it gets it gets to be. Um, at least for me very very contemplative because um there's some so so much value and I guess um just reading out loud um you know it, it can be pretty long passages too but just um reading aloud and giving that like attention to something mm. it's it's very calming um especially um there's a there's a long history um in the Anglican tradition of uh, various you know musical things and chants and um, it's they're all very slow and mm. contemplative and, and beautiful and um, so if uh, sometimes you know at, at church they'll have a a service where they'll go and they'll sing through the prayer and it's very um, it's very contemplative because yeah. you're you're um, just giving your attention to uh, whatever comes in that moment and and um, the musicality of it and the rhythm of it and the regularity of it is something that's uh, really, if it, it, it's like giving roots. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it's almost like a reset to my day. Like, if I miss morning or evening prayer, then my whole day just feels kind of off. Um, yeah. It's so important to giving rhythm to everything.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, definitely. And you... You said the word attention a couple times there and how it, like, sort of refocuses your attention on um, on things. And that, that's that been something that, although, you know, my practice is totally different, that's been something that I've been thinking a lot about lately as well is, uh, like, I feel like a lot of times people talk about, like, setting intentions and um, and things like that. And I've been thinking about how, like, my intentions never <laughs> turn out the way that I want them to. Things Things don't go as I intend. And trying to replace, like, my intention with attention to to be paying attention to what's around me and the situation that i'm in and like what's called for in this moment um on a moment-to-moment basis and uh and being present in that way so it sounds like your sort of prayer practice maybe has a similar function of like bringing you back into this moment um and yeah does that's am i making any sense
0: no, no, I I completely resonate with that because I'm very um especially on kind of like the the more catholic side. Um I'm very very deeply influenced by the Christian mystic tradition. Mm. Um especially the kind of like catholic mystics and um there's there's a very similar expression of that where um the idea be- behind contemplative practices um at least in part is that you are um, removing yourself or emptying yourself to clear the way for God to flow into you with love. Mm. And, um, you know, once you're just uh, getting rid of, of your own will and um, your own desire to control situations, I think, um, and just uh, pay attention to where where God is or, or not even pay attention, but just try to... Um, you know, tamp down on on where yourself is coming into the picture, mm. then that opens the way for God to to flow in um, and remake you with love. And that's kind of one of the focuses of, of a lot of my practice.
1: Yeah. No, that's really cool. Um, yeah, and to be able to, yeah, I don't know. I, I have a harder time, like, with, like, conceptions of, of God um, mm-hmm. yeah. and so it's interesting to like sort of um i guess hear you talk about god as um you know that that loving sort of force that comes in and and guides when you're able to let go of of um the need to control or um or direct how things are going to go um that's That's cool. And I guess the way that I usually think about that same idea is like, I think about all the sort of like constant unfolding processes and transformation that everything is, is constantly undergoing the sort of like perpetual motion of the universe Mm -hmm. and, and how that is like so far beyond my control. And, uh, when I'm able to go like, okay, I'm going to just be present here in the midst of like all of these um, all this motion, all these processes, all this, all these cycles and, and kind of pay attention to them rather than trying to, um, work against them (laughs) or, or, you know, force them into a particular, um, a particular direction that, that seems good to me. And and instead to go, you know, I'm going to trust the wisdom of all of these, uh, all of these things that are happening around me and, um, and just kind of be here in the midst of it.
0: Yeah um yeah I really resonate with that and there's um I guess an, another practice I have is just like um I don't know if, if there's a official name but just like standard contemplative prayer which is very similar to um a lot of meditative practices in other uh religions where um you the focus is just like you know sit and uh wait and I'll set a timer for like 10 minutes or 15 minutes and just um, recenter myself with a a word like love every time I feel my thoughts kind of drifting away Mm. and um, there's this idea within the Christian mystic tradition that um, uh, contemplation is a gift from from God and uh, in those moments um, you won't always be able to uh, tap into contemplation because sometimes you know you have those days when your thoughts are just drifting and you can never focus. Mm-hmm. But um, then there are times, uh, and even sometimes you know, in the midst of like turmoil and all sorts of things that you might think would distract you, where uh, it you know it comes down like a miracle, like you're um, just sitting and suddenly you feel. A sense of peace and calmness and um, connection to that wisdom mm. that um, you know kind of just breaks down on you definitely
1: yeah I guess I'm wondering too how like because um, you're talk you're talking a lot about contemplative prayer and um, I'm interested in how your like more intercessory prayer um, Connects. like when you're on you know you're tweeting like if anybody you know wants me to wants me to pray for them this week they can let me know and and I'll, I'll make sure to pray for you and like how praying for others like fits into that framework for you um, and and what it I guess you know what is the for you what's the what's the purpose and the outcome of um, of praying for others and and Coming, you know, I guess it's coming, you know, coming before God on behalf of somebody else, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that because there's not really, I don't feel like I have an analog for that in my own, um, like, yeah, like I, I, I get the contemplative stuff, and I want to understand better, like maybe how I can learn from that, uh, like intercessory practice.
0: Yeah, the the intercessory part is so it's so meaningful to me because it's very. Um, I guess like American Christianity tends to be so individualistic but in the broader history of Christianity it's really very collectivist mm. um and intercession uh, intercession for me is really it's really valuable because um it's like you know people who feel very alone um, just to know that someone is praying for you gives you such a sense of community mm. and solidarity in the face of whatever you have going on. I know there are um, there are like atheists who'll ask me to pray for them, mm. and um, it's like of course I'll of course I'll pray for you. And um, I think there's so much value in knowing that someone is holding you in their thoughts and in in their love and um, giving attention to you and and your problems and. Um, uh, and and there's also uh, so much value in asking for people to pray for you mm. too. I think um, because we're so used to like oh you know pull up your bootstraps do it yourself. Um, but in in just like submitting to the help of of others and the love of others and admitting that we need each other and we need each other's love. There's right. so much beauty in that that I felt. Well um, well for example I had like a housing crisis situation. Um, this past fall and um, I was posting like prayer requests on on Twitter and um, there were you know people people who I had never interacted with who didn't follow me um, who I I had I had no idea who they were and they were um, messaging me and like oh I prayed for you today and that there's so much beauty in that Mm. and so um, I keep a, a weekly little prayer list of the people that I pray for um, and the people who ask me to, to pray for them. And um, during uh, morning prayer and evening prayer, um, there's a there's a slot for um, intercessions and thanksgivings. So um, I uh, mark the things that I'm, I'm grateful for. I force myself to find things that I'm grateful for, even if I'm having a bad day. And then I, I go through um, and pray for the people who who've asked for um me to pray for them and so um the i guess if you if you see the those tweets the people who um interact with with that tweet um i pray for them uh, at least twice a day uh mm-hmm. for that week um wow. and i yeah and i hope i hope it helps people feel less alone and more connected and um, I think it really like prayer really does work. Um, I feel like kitschy being like, well, prayer works, but 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 it, I mean, it kind of does. It brings it brings people together, and it it brings love closer to you.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that I yeah, and I think that like, obviously, some people when they say prayer works, they have a one particular conception of it that it's like you've like submitted a a formal request to the guy in the sky or whatever, and then he yeah, and then right. he fulfills it, but. Obviously, like its actual function can be a lot more complex <laughs> than that, and mm-hmm. it can it can still be something that is very like valuable, um, even if it's not quite that simple.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we have um, uh, this is again more like my Catholic side. Um, most most Protestants wouldn't wouldn't do this, but we have like the full communion of saints and. Christianity Mm. and, um, all the, you know, all the Christians who've ever, uh, lived and died, um, can intercede for our behalf. Um, so of course I pray, I pray my rosary, um, very frequently and ask for, um, Mary's intercession, but, but there are various, uh, saints and figures within, um, the Christian tradition that I admire or like I, find a lot to value in their writing and their work and um, being able to like ask them for intercession mm. too is it's something of like humility and um, also something that like roots me to the past Yeah, um, and so that aspect too that it's um, intercession is so so wide open that it's not um, it's not even limited to uh, you know whatever's going on in the present but it, it opens up um, all all of time mm. to, to really being connected to uh, love wherever it's been throughout throughout all of history
1: yeah yeah it seems like that's really like the theme of all of these practices at like the most fundamental level is like as tools to foster like a sense of connectedness, <laughs> And um, mm-hmm. whether that's to other people right now or to the the people people in the past um, whose whose work we admire or who you know who embody something that we uh, that we need in this moment, um, but yeah, that like sense of connected, which is you know for me like with meditation is the same um, yeah. goal. A lot of times I think is to feel uh, to feel connected to the world around me to not feel, not feel isolated, but to, to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm a part of this totality, um, across Mm -hmm. space and time. Uh, and there's something, yeah, there's something like powerful about that. Even if it's hard to, it's like, what, why, why do you, you know, why, why do you need to feel that? it's like, well, I just, I just need to feel that that's like, that's what keeps me going, which, you know, is kind of what this podcast is supposed to be about is about, you know, we're all looking toward a particular future, all trying to imagine a, a future that is, uh, radically different and mm-hmm. hopefully radically, um, better than our present circumstances. Um, yeah. but like in the meantime to, to plug the podcast name, uh, like what, how do we, how do we get through the fucking day? Cause it is really yeah. fucking hard a lot of the time. And I think that that, um, sense of connectedness is crucial, to, especially if you're someone who is, like, relatively conscious about the state of society and, and all of the um, ills in the world to, like, to, to foster that sense of connectedness through all of those different practices seems pretty necessary to not just fall into a pit of despair.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm uh I'm very big on Marx's eighteen forty four manuscripts. Mm. Um and uh one of the, the key points within those works is kind of the focus on how capitalism is so alien alienating, um, in terms of like the the traditional understanding of like, you know, alienating from the product of your labor. Like right. yeah, of course. But also in terms of like Alienating us from ourselves and from our histories and our communities and from like our capacity to love each other. And so, um, uh, when that's like the material reality of the world we live in, um, taking practices to undo that and to resist that alienation and, Mm -hmm. um, proclaim the value of, of love, um, in the face of you know all the violence we face is i like it's so valuable and i think it like it has to be a part of um our work as as radicals too um that we're uh not only resisting this world but we're resisting the logic of it mm. and working towards something that's that's better that's going to uplift people and be the opposite of alienating to to everyone definitely
1: yeah yeah there's yeah, there's like a, there has to be, that has to be part of, part of a, what we imagine for the future is a world where we, where we are more connected to one another, where we where we, uh, value that connection and, um, and are constantly, you know, s- strengthening that and, and becoming interpe- inter more and more interdependent. And, um, yeah, that, I, I guess Che Guevara, you know, says the true, revolutionary is guided by great feelings of love. Um, and it's hard to, hard to foster that, that love and that connectedness without, um, without some sort of intentional practice around it. And I think that it can be easy to like get caught up in all of the work of, um, of, of fighting capitalism. Uh, in just in the material which is which is where we have like as you know as Marxists as materialists or whether you're marxist or not like you have to fight the fight that that fight like in the material world where like things are produced and food is grown and like uh houses are built and and distributed in in particular ways but like without that other component without that um yeah that you, you talked about resisting the logics of capitalism without, like, a different framework for understanding how we relate to ourselves and to each other, then it's it's really hard to sustain any kind of real action.
0: Yeah, and I, I think one problem that, that exists on the left is kind of ironically, it's like, well, you know, we're all materialists, but um, a lot of uh, people on the left who are more... Skeptical of religion, I think, are not materialist with respect to religion. Their analysis of religion is very um just just based in um you know, they're like, oh, Christianity is is this ideology that's inherently this. And yeah. it's like, of course, of course it's material, you know, like the Christianity of a um you know, of a poor person in an exploited country is, of course, going to be completely different than the Christianity of the exploiter in the United States. Right. Um, and uh, I'm I'm really big on uh, liberation theology and the history of of liberation theology and. Um, Latin American liberation theologians played a huge role in a lot of the um, socialist movements and have played a huge role in anti-colonial movements. Um, and so you you have a history of, of people and lay uh, lay people and um, uh, clergy who are supporting uh, supporting socialist revolutions um, and using uh, or or at least their faith is entwined with their politics and so um you know for every every person who's gonna you know point to like ted cruz and be like well see christianity is inherently reactionary um there's so many examples throughout history where um christianity helped uh socialist movements come uh into power and helped anti-colonial movements come into power and so uh there's it's it's really in my mind um a, a question of what kind of Christianity are you going to have are you going to have the Christianity that's the um, the capitalists Christianity or are you going to have a Christianity that exists for the poor mm. and um, in the liberation theology tradition there's the concept of um, the preferential option for the poor and oppressed mm. that um, oppressed groups have a special status within Christianity and their needs are more important um, And that's something that is is revolutionary once you put it into practice, because that cannot exist within a capitalist system.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, too, like who are on the left and kind of have a sort of facile analysis of of religion. um, And I I think I mentioned this like when when I was talking with Rex in the first episode that I did a long time ago. you know, a lot of people bring up the quote about oh, religion is the opiate of the masses or something like that, and it's, and they they think that Marx was being just as like snarky and like uh, condescending with that as as they use it, but but in reality, it's, he's he's talking about like that this is something that people use to comfort themselves. This is something that people <laughs> use to deal with pain, yeah, the 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 very real pain of of existence uh, under capitalist under capitalism and um and there can be responsible and irresponsible uses of that um of that as a as a way to manage that pain and and deal with the realities of life Mm
0: -hmm. yeah because there's like the opiate of the masses it's it's such a funny thing to seize on to to me because it's like I don't know. Like the connotation we have for opiate is much different than than Marx. Right, but he right. would have. I mean, like opiate of the masses is like that's a good thing. Right. <laughs> um, but I mean, because and then and then you know, there's the same passage where he's like the heart of a heartless world. Um, religion is the heart of the heartless right. world. So. You know how can you how can you just seize on the opiate of the masses and not look at the uh, the broader critique that Marx is, is making there and the role of religion because it can it can be so many things and it can be so uh, flexible it's not it's not one it's not just one thing
1: right yeah it's it's a million different things <laughs> and 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 it, and really it's like a set of tools to use. Mm-hmm. And like you can, people use them in different ways and for different things, whether it's prayer or meditation or liturgical readings or whatever, those things like in themselves are practices that can be employed in so many different ways. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and it it, it helps the, um, I I think it helps build movements too because religion is so important to people that if you're just gonna dismiss it altogether, um, how are you bringing them along in your organizing or right. in um, the movements that we're trying to build? And then, um, you know, there's there's always going to be people who don't who aren't religious and who don't feel the need for religion. Um, but I think I, I I think there's a lot of people who um, feel very left behind by the religious institutions we have now, but are but are still wanting something like you see. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the people who are on TikTok and talking about, like, manifesting and, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, some of these things that I think are, are like, pr- can, are really harmful and very capitalist in, right. in their orientation. But I think they reflect people who want some sort of practice to, like, get them through the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're just completely uh, alienated by Christianity and everything they see in the American landscape. Because it's, I mean, American Christianity is horrible and oppressive. <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, it yeah, to see that impulse in people to like to have some kind of spiritual explanation um that they can turn to for their lives like that for a materialist, for a marxist, for a radical um should be some indication that there's like something important there that like if people if this is what people are turning to like then we need to we, we need to understand it we need to understand how it can play a part in building a better world and, and building a world that works for for all of us and, and helps us all to be able to feel connected um, rather than isolated and um, and connected to some sort of greater sense of love um, or you know uh, or God or, or wonder or, or beauty um, or whatever whatever it is that you, you want to call it i guess mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah and it's kind of for that reason it's very important to me to like articulate a positive vision of what i believe and, and what we believe um to to bring people along mm. um and that's a that's a problem i think in christianity where um there's of, of course evangelicals have so much influence and um the pushback to them comes from uh, is mostly coming from like liberal Christians who are very um, uh, they think they're radical politically, but they're not, um, and they they're you know defining their whole um, uh, theology and their beliefs in opposition to the things that they don't like. About um, evangelicalism, mm. and there's there's value to that, and I guess people who are leaving um, evangelicalism uh, can find a lot of value in those sorts of books that they're writing about. Right. I, you know, it's this it's the same stuff we all know. It's like the evangelical church uses sex to control people. Right. They're lying about gender. It's like you know those sorts of things. Right. But um, but ultimately, if if you want to. Um, have something that gives people like positive value it can't just be in opposition to what you don't like Mm. and um, you have to have something that brings people along Um, and it's the same I think with with um, politics too there maybe a a tendency that I think is a little dangerous on the left is just focusing on the anti-capitalist part Mm. Um, and that's obviously a huge part of it. But um, I'm not a communist just because I think that capitalism is is bad. It's because this project of abolishing class and um, abolishing the state, and it, it's something that I believe is an active good. Yeah. Um, and, and something that we can bring people along for. Um, and so that's, that's kind of foundational to me. It's like people have this need um, for hope and a positive vision for the future and for what to believe in and um working towards that it's so important to me
1: yeah no that's definitely definitely true I think sometimes that gets lost um in you know meeting the immediacy or meeting meeting the immediate like um violence of capitalism you can the that that vision for the future of a classless stateless society um, f- where we live according to the principle of like from each according to their ability to each according to their uh, to their need um, like it, that can definitely get lost and it's helpful to be reminded of that that, that like we're we're working towards something we want to build something beautiful we want to build something um, that that connects people and that, that is make makes life Worth living, um, and and gives people more um, more freedom in their in their own uh, in their own life by 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 connecting us to one another rather than the you know the American version of uh, we're all isolated individuals free to do whatever the fuck we want or or whatever. Um, but I guess I'm, I'm I wanted to ask too about your uh, about your art about your poetry and how that is you know connected to your spiritual um, practices, or, and also just in general, how art helps you like make sense of the world and um, and get you through the day.
0: Yeah, I so I am um, a poet. I write uh, prose poems pretty much ex- exclusively, and um, uh, I guess the kind of themes that I've written around has been trauma. I, I wrote a lot about. Um, uh, abuse and assault um and uh then I guess more broadly I've written a lot about alienation um mm-hmm. in uh the kind of uh capitalist sense and then just just more broadly as well um and for me it's it's such a big um comfort uh, to be able to have um uh, it's really like a practice. It's almost like a spiritual practice yeah. um, to uh, have writing as a means of uh, expressing the things that I'm that I have on my mind, and um, hopefully uh, making something occasionally that other people <laughs> will find value into. I kind of lately I've been thinking of um, a poem as an instantiation of love, mm-hmm. and um, I think I would want everything I write um, to make me more loving, or at least not less loving, mm. um, and the same of of the people who who read it. I'd want to everything I do. I want to be um, something that can can uplift people um, mm. and. Uh, maybe give value to people who've gone through similar experiences to me because I used to, um, you know, be so, so deep in all kinds of pain that I would just be, um, giving beautiful words to describe that pain. Mm. And, um, uh, not that there's no value in that, but what I think now is, um, transforming that pain is, is much more important to me. Mm. Um, so I have, I have one chat book, um, uh, love and endless love, which, uh, came out I guess over a year ago the poems I wrote around two years ago so it's it's a little old at this point but it's but I stand by it it was fun um and uh kind of was the first work that I did that really cements that um ethos of, of uplifting people um, I have a second chat book that I've gotten various publication offers for and I still don't know what to do it, about it but it's the second one is um a it's a kind of hybrid poem essay um that's about uh, uh christian mysticism and communism especially Bifo berardi
1: um if you know him but oh cool. uh, no that yeah. sounds that sounds cool mysticism and communism sounds like a cool combination to me i i'm excited yeah. to see what kind of poems uh come out of that
0: yeah
1: <laughs> no no that's cool yeah it's interesting because you you know you mentioned like they your poems have shifted more towards like being uplifting and, and writing and stuff like that. And my, my poetry is still very much in the, uh, in the stage of writing about all the horrible, all the horrible, yeah. uh, violent things. Um, which, which is also, it's also like a, a practice for me of like, yeah. uh, I don't know, sorting, sorting out parts of myself and, and, um, and, I don't know witnessing um, witnessing the, the realities of of class and and capitalism uh, and and things like that. But but it, but uh, there's obviously you know different different ways to go about uh, to go about uh, approaching any any artistic um, thing. But uh, that's 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 funny that you're um, yeah you've kind of you've kind of moved on from that to a to a <laughs> little more uh, wholesome. Uh, path that I have
0: yeah but, 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 but both both kind of have their value. Um, I really like uh, Terry Eagleton's book on criticism in literature and um, one of the one of the points is that like capitalism has to manufacture various ideologies to conceal the way that it works mm. and um, so I, so there's a lot of different ways I think that art can go about kind of stripping away the veil um, and in, in the, the second chapbook that I wrote, I talk um, a lot about, like, various things that get termed tragedy, even though they're very deliberate designs of capitalism, mm. um, like, like the Ford Pinto and um, other things like that. And uh, I think, like, making art about those awful things is one way to um, undo the the uh, kind of smoke and mirrors of capitalism in the way that... Um, Language is used really to, uh, like, mass-produce justifications for for capitalism. Mm. Um, Like, tragedy is one example. Um, Because if it's a tragedy, it's not anyone's fault. And if it's a tragedy, it was inevitable. Um, When, in reality, the violence of the world is very intentional. And um, the direct result of a capitalist system, of a capitalist settler-colonialist system.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely yeah and it's yeah so it's always fascinating seeing like the different ways that people go about like using language to yeah describe and confront and process um all of those realities and and i've been thinking a lot more about about art like and it's sort of uh, I, thinking about it as adjacent to spiritual spirituality at least if not if not firmly in that category of spiritual practice it's at least adjacent to it um and uh yeah i'm I'm, i don't know i have my my thoughts on that like aren't like fully formed maybe but that's something that i've been thinking a lot lot about um and kind of the because because you know we're we're engaged in meaning making and um and hopefully, in a project of like ultimately uh, working towards more connectedness and more more love and things like that, uh, like you like you mentioned, um, but yeah, along along many many different paths, I think. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I,
0: I, I've been kind of thinking about the same things because I've been, uh, I guess, for the past almost year or so, I've been working on a kind of full length poetry. Collection manuscript and um, I've been writing much much more explicitly about uh, Christianity and um, poems about various biblical figures and um, things things like that and um, it's sort of blurred into an almost spiritual practice where um, working through the poem is a way to um, like get at these things that I'm thinking about that I can't quite figure out, or the things that are bothering me, and then the way that the poems come out, I at least as far as my intention goes, is that um, I hope other people can use the poems not as answers, but as ways to work through mm. the things that they're thinking about, almost more like a like a Zen Cohen than um, you know like a like a Christian hymn. Or whatever right Um, and there's so much value in in that because it's very um, outside the ways that we're used to thinking um, yeah and upholds completely different values um, because it's not rationalistic it's not hyper rationalistic um, and there becomes a, a meaning to the process instead of to the end result
1: yeah no I love that because and that's kind of what I'm hoping with this podcast as well. And something that I'm that I was a little bit nervous about with like starting it back up is that like everything that you produce in capitalism, uh, you know, is supposed to be this sort of finished product, this answer, yeah. this like whatever. And um, I like with these conversations, I'm not interested. Like, I'm not a fucking spiritual authority or like an authority on like how to be or live or organize your right, life or right, anything yeah. like that. I just think that conversations are a useful sort of like tool for generating some kind of wisdom you know like for for mm-hmm. like I, I hear your ideas and you're thinking about things in a slightly different way than me and I can go oh like maybe I can apply that somehow to the way that I'm getting through my day and uh, yeah. and maybe I can say something that is useful to you in in uh, figuring out how to navigate your day-to-day existence and like just that process of conversation being kind of the, the point more so than any conclusion, uh, or, or like spiritual proclamation of, of anything. It's just about, yeah, that, that, that process of figuring things out, um, which, which never really ends, right? Like you keep doing that, Mm -hmm. um, forever. You, you, it's, you, you keep figuring things out. You keep encountering new, new realities and, um, and adjusting your practices and uh and and approaches um as as life goes on
0: yeah yeah um, and that's kind of like the root of the spiritual and, and the aesthetic um values that that i have because um, I, I really i really resonate with that and um the, we have such like a a very rationalist very individualistic culture um and and both of, of those are things that i am am fairly against mm. and um in uh in the christian mystic tradition there's this concept of uh god is darkness um mm. instead of instead of just light um because the closer you get to to, to God, the more that you realize that God is a mystery and love is a mystery mm. and we have no way of fully comprehending it, no finality. Um, and so it becomes less about your intellectual assent to whatever doctrine you're uh, being prescribed and more towards the the process of seeking. Um, yeah my 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 favorite um, mystic is um, Julian of Norwich and she, has this bit where she says that um, seeking is as good as holding, mm. um, and I guess that's that's just like um, like you've been saying and like we've been saying. It's kind of that's the that's foundational to me that um, yeah. we have to keep learning from each other and um, not holding any one perspective as the right one, um, and uh, you know be transformed through that uh, every day to become. More loving and more committed towards uh, justice and um, yeah. towards and towards beauty.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Yeah. I feel like I feel like we're on the same wavelength about a lot of things. Like we've been it feels like we've been thinking about a lot of the same things and um, kind of learning some of the same lessons through uh, our different approaches, which is super cool. Um, yeah. I really appreciate you like making time to chat, and I would love to chat again sometime maybe more about mysticism maybe i feel like i need to like read something about um maybe i'll get like a recommendation of, of something from you to uh to read about it so i can speak intelligibly about it because i definitely would yeah. like to dive into that uh more another time
0: yeah oh, i would love to i
1: can i can send you a couple book recommendations definitely uh, yeah send me send me a couple things we'll um We'll put the we'll we'll put recommendations in the episode description, maybe too, if you've got some some stuff you want to recommend. Um and yeah. then I'll I'll also I'll put some uh links to your your poetry and um and your Twitter and uh we'll make we'll make a time to chat again sometime soon, hopefully.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would be wonderful.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Yeah, thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, have a great day. You too. Bye.